This podcast is for those of you who want to start or grow your business. You inhale everything you can about improving your mindset and may even have the action plan, but what's getting in your way every time? It's those damn human emotions. I'm Jessica McKinley, life coach for millennial entrepreneurs and your host of the What's Happening podcast. Hey, Hapsters. What up, what up, what up? I'm trying this thing that a lot of other podcasters swear by, which is batching content. I don't know. I'm skeptical of it because... I tend to be the type that wants to just really give it my all and I am almost emotionally drained by the end of each podcast episode that I record because I get so hyped up. And so I wanted to make sure that they all feel fresh. So the second that one doesn't feel fresh, you guys let me know and I will stop batching the content. But for the purposes of actually heading down to my parents' home in Miami for almost a month, Um, I'm going to be down there. I'm driving down. Oh, send me prayers. Driving with the toddler. Um, But I am uh, going to be batching the next four episodes. So if there is something going on in current events and it doesn't feel like I'm addressing that, that is why. Because these were recorded uh, June 1st and um, they are being, you know, rolled out later. So so keep that in mind. But uh, I I think that this topic is going to be relevant no matter what is going on in the world um, because it is just a universal concept. It's not a specific emotion that we're talking about today, um, but it's something that I talk about a lot with a lot of other business owners and um, life coaches and people who just like to talk about theory and, and IDA and it's it's such an interesting topic and I've never heard it talked about on a podcast. So um, if there is some leading expert on this topic, please point them my way or point me their way. (laughs) Um, But what we're going to be talking about today is the emotional consequence of language or your emotional vocabulary or the emotional dictionary, right? I, I speak two languages um, fluently and a smattering of other languages. I speak Spanish and English, and um, in school I studied sign language in high school, all of high, all of high school, and then studied um, Italian and German in college. And uh, my three-year-old son goes to Spanish immersion preschool. He's fluent in uh, Spanish and English, and I've always just been fascinated by language. Uh, it's language isn't just about your culture and a way to celebrate um, your own heritage and communicate with your people. It's a tool that creates emotion and it should not be excluded from business. In fact, it is something that I think it has a very real place in your business. So let's talk about it. When your business is selling something the goal is for the client to buy it. Duh. I feel like that's crazy that I even just had to say that sentence. When you're selling something, the goal is for your client, your potential client to buy, right? And buying is an action. So if we're reviewing Brooke Castillo's model and um, consumer buying decisions are made emotionally, right? Because your feelings drive and your actions even business to business, it's important to note that 
if you want your client to take an action, you need to be aware of what feeling they're having and you need to be, you know, catering to or influencing that emotion. Simon Sinek, who um, wrote the book Start With Why, I think it's called Start With Why, I think. Um, He also has a popular TED Talk. He popularized the idea that people don't buy what you sell, which oftentimes can be communicated visually with no language, right? If you go to Amazon, you can just look at a product and a picture of it maybe without really being de- reading the full description. I have experienced this, right? As Especially when I first moved to Spain and my Spanish wasn't that great. Um, I had to do that a lot. I had to just go off of the visual and not the language. And that is possible still to be a consumer, right? And, but he popularized the idea that they don't buy what you sell, they buy why you sell it, which requires language to explain. I love knowing that the more languages I speak, the more potential connections I can make to other human beings. And of course, the more impact I can make as well. But even, um, but what always strikes me is actually how often great ideas are confined to the language that they live in. And even within one globally recognized language like English, for example, there is still niche language and there's lexicon and jargon. Across industries, regions, and peoples, there are words that come to hold deeper meaning and genius ideas that I hear about that never make it to the mainstream. If you're a big TED talker, which you probably are because people that listen to podcasts are also overlapping audiences who listen to TED Talks. And if you are, then you probably in that platform have been exposed to more experts in industries or areas that you may never have been exposed to without that platform, right? We use TED TED Talks, the company, uh, TED, as a, a filter for like really true revolutionary thought leaders in each industry. And the beautiful thing is we can watch, um, you know, one of these leaders and feel like we can really take away something regardless of whether we have any interest in, you know, engineering, civil engineering, or in a particular kind of science or Uh, you know, anthropology or whatever it is that the expert is talking about. So feelings are like a test strip in business, okay? They tell the consumer or client whether the thought is believable and if it is safe to take action. So that's why I'm really passionate about educating companies and business owners like you guys on the psychology of emotions as a business strategy. In fact, my mission this year is to make sure that feelings isn't a dirty word in companies, in corporate America, in meetings, or something that you only consult HR for, right? So I have two fun experiments for you hapsters, okay? Number one is to test out cross-pollinating. Uh, cross-pollinating, there are definitely some books on it and some um, excellent TED Talks, certainly, uh, on cross-pollinating in business, right? Where you kind of take one concept 
across one industry and really uh, use it in a different different industry. So I encourage you guys to experiment with this. Um, uh, Talk to, so here's the here's the way that you can experiment talk to business owners employees in other industries watch ted talks like i said about the things that you're unfamiliar with or become a hapster for goodness sakes if you're listening to this and you're not a hapster yet what are you even doing all of my clients they gain access to bi-weekly group coaching also on top of their one-to-one coaching and since all of my clients are in different industries just to name a few motocross, interior design, business analytics, back pain therapy, uh, floral design, financial advising, yoga, professional organizing, photography, sustainable, eco-friendly living, personal training, just to name a few. (laughs) They benefit from the creativity that lives and that comes from thinking about how to apply good business strategy to their own professional context, right? The alternative to cross-pollinating is your audience being bored or numb to your message. And this lack of originality is the breeding ground for imposter syndrome. That, That syndrome that you guys always bring up and talk about how to overcome as you're scaling your business, leveling up, or just starting out. And one really great experiment for you to practice is this practice of cross-pollinating. Instead of just looking to all the experts in your own industry, that is just going to create more of the same. This is why on social media, we see the same, you know, pretty swirly, unlegible fonts um, saying the same things. And we're like, it's impossible to even know who came up with this concept because once there's a good concept in an industry, Everyone else in the industry takes it and makes it their own, right? Which, of course, there isn't an original thought. Actually, there is no such thing. So every great idea is going to be inspired by another great idea. But one way that you really can make sure that you are creating your own intellectual property and really creating a voice and becoming a thought leader instead of just a thought copier or a thought follower is to cross-pollinate and to um, really spend some time thinking and creating in this space of um, of thoughts about a different context and pulling it into the context of your own experience in your own industry, right? Amazing. So, and the second fun experiment for you is to expand your vocabulary, So like I said, like a feeling is created by a thought and a thought, Brooke Castillo always explains this in such an eloquent way. If she just says, or such a simple way anyway, a thought is simply a sentence. It's just made up of words in your brain. And the way I like to picture it is like, it's on a flashcard, right? Like I imagine, I I use this reference a lot, but I imagine that movie uh, Inside Out, I think it is, the Pixar film Inside Out where the the little cartoon versions of us are just holding up flashcards with a sentence and we're just reading it, right? Like our brain suggests those thoughts to us. And those sentences are made up of our vocabulary and our vocabulary elicits 
different feelings, right? So the language you use is very important in creating exactly what we're talking about here, which is that emotional response that you want from your client. So if you want a more intense, if you want raving fans, as, as people say, they want to create raving fan culture. If you want clients that are going to be repeat clients and that are going to be referring you left and right, you need to elicit a stronger emotional response. And that will come directly from the language that you use that they connect with. And it requires you to do a lot of testing and a lot of experimenting. But the two boxes you want to check are, hey, expand your language, test it out, use it, um, play with it, and then feel what feels right to you and feels authentic to you and your history and your story. Like I have been in this December mom group that is national and it's like people, it's actually international. There's a handful of Aussies and Irish and um, British, but uh, most of the girls are in America, but they're all over. So they have different ways of speaking. Now I've become friends with them and I hear them all the time. And so many of them say y'all and I'm from New York. So I say you guys, right? (laughs) And I have a different way of speaking. And I'm like, I hear them. And sometimes the word y'all like comes out of my mouth. And now actually in the Black Lives Matter movement, I've been seeing a problem that's been coming up where white women have been appropriating and using the language of cis and homie and queen um, that is not really authentic and like true to them and trying to use it because they know that it checks the first box which is it elicits a certain emotional response but it needs to also feel authentic to you. So again, try things out. Be willing to expand your vocabulary, but be mindful that like just because something is a trendy word or you see it around doesn't mean that it is for you and your business. Don't take out the most important thing in creating an emotional response, which is your unique, beautiful hapster personality. Okay, my loves, go out there, experiment wildly, And with a scientist's brain, without any judgment of yourself or expectation, see what happens and uh, let me know. Of course, as you're listening to this, if you have not yet, please, please go on and rate and review. Don't just five star it. Of course, five star it. Of course, duh. But write an actual review so I can hear your feedback, what your favorite Tell me what your favorite episode is so far. And of course, if you're listening to it and one really resonates with you, share it on Instagram, tag me. I would love to shout you out on the podcast. And of course, um, just share it with a friend that you think could really use this message. All right. So we can get this, this message out there that business, that feelings in business is not a dirty word. It is a strategy and tool to help you make money and make money.